Three, two, one, go. Welcome back, everybody, to the Triad of the Force podcast, a podcast from three Puerto Rican friends coming together to do deep dives into Star Wars and other nerd-related media. This is season one, episode 14, Bounty Hunter. So before we actually get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, our co-collaborator here, Goose, has something that's dear to our hearts that he wants to talk about. So, Goose? Yes. Uh, as many of you know from our Twitter feed, uh, there was a monumental uh, occurrence that happened back in our home island of Puerto Rico. I don't know if a lot of people are aware, but we housed the Arecibo Radio Telescope, which is a used to be, for the longest time, the largest radio telescope in the world until there was one built in, I don't know which, which part of China, but China that like out, uh, outsized our telescope. Uh, and I know a lot of you, even though you may think you are not aware of the Arecibo Radio Telescope, you probably are if you are a James Bond fan, because the best uh, Pierce Brosnan James Bond film, GoldenEye, featured it quite prominently in its final sequence with yes. James Bond versus 006 Alex Trevelyan, and it's also the best uh, level in the GoldenEye N64 game. video mm -hmm. game. The only yes. bad thing about <laughs> GoldenEye uh, the movie is that they said that this was set in Cuba. Mm -hmm. It was not. It was not. Puerto Rico. Yep. Puerto Rico, and it's real. Uh, also, the movie Contact by one of our favorite scientists, well, written by one of our favorite scientists, Carl Stagen. Our Lord and Savior. Our Lord and Savior. <laughs> was also set, uh, at least the first part, in the Odyssey yeah. Radio Telescope, and they uh, factually state where it is, thankfully, in that <laughs> In, in that, that one. Film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that aside, what was happening was in August, a couple of like the support structural cables that, you know, give the structural support to the telescope snap, causing a lot of structural distress on the, on the structure. Uh, so there was a lot of questions of how to rehabilitate it, if at all. The National Plast Science Foundation actually started the plan to decommission it, but then a White House petition was created to uh, help stabilize and recommission the telescope, uh, but 2020 being the year that it is, <laughs> right when of, we of shared, course, of course, because yeah. of course, because 2020, right yeah. when we shared that uh, petition online, <laughs> the next day, the sadly the radio telescope collapsed in very dramatic fashion. Yeah, very unfortunately, it's very a uh, heart wrenching footage of yes. it. If you're if you're sadistic and want to watch it, uh, yeah. conspiracy theory. Why was that drone there at that exact time? Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. But despite despite what a lot of people think that the radio telescope was actually in its last throws and that it was yeah. wasn't being upgraded and that it wasn't being, being used, used anymore, yeah. it actually was still being used right up until all of this uh, happened and it was very important in all of scientific discoveries and not only was yeah. it an icon for us as an island, but it was also a big icon for research for astrophysics and science in general. And I think, Mo, you have a very personal story that kind of connects you to it. Uh, yeah, uh, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, not the telescope itself, you know, got damaged because of 2020 earthquakes, uh, Hurricane Maria. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, been, it's been a tough years, you know, uh, mm -hmm. but it was a beacon for education. It was uh, my brother who uh, used to do research and. Uh, did a bachelor's in physics at the University of Puerto Rico, actually did his uh, undergrad um, 
lab lab work and pretty much. I, I don't think I think he did end up writing being part of a thesis as a named okay. uh, person, but he actually he wasn't like the writer. Mm-hmm. But uh, they were actually looking into what's called dark galaxies, and dark galaxies are <laughs> <laughs> none other than galaxies that have almost no stars or actual no stars so they're just galaxies of dark stars it, so when he when he told me about that i was like mind blown what yes not only that but uh-huh. and this was happening at our radio telescope this was our, this was happening at, at a CBO radio telescope so please if you ever see a petition to bring bring it back online please do it because it was actually innovating research not only that they actually found my brother found one potential candidate of a dark galaxy what? yes that and, and that's and that's wilder than possible. any star wars thing yes oh absolutely dark, dark galaxies just imagine that and, and yeah. palpatine's and, wet dream basically yes <laughs> and and before before we go like jumping into oh we have like better technology for like viewing stars and whatnot a radio telescope in the like olden technology or quote unquote old mm-hmm. you actually get to see the distant past of the universe mm-hmm. it's that they're the frequencies that take the longest to dissipate so they're actually the ones we receive the clearest images of mm-hmm. the universe so how incredibly valuable how amazing for you know us uh, space fans star wars fans mm-hmm. and Heck yeah, I want to know what a dark galaxy is. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, sci-fi becoming real. <laughs> sci-fi is real. Right? Yep. Re- real- well, I, 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 actually, I had a professor that said that reality is weirder than fiction. So. Yep, yep, yep. yep. That's, so, that's a pretty amazing story. So, uh, so yeah. to restate what, what we're saying, if you see any petition whatsoever out there about you know recommissioning the radio telescope of Odyssey, we'll just sign it. You will not regret it. You lose nothing by signing it. And, you know, maybe they'll yes. discover dark galaxies. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, I mean, we'll definitely have the link on our, mm-hmm. we already have the link on our Twitter. So you can go ahead and check it out there. But also we will have the link below on our YouTube links. Uh, but if you are listening on podcast version, uh, just you can do a quick Google search for White House radio telescope petition yep. and you'll find it or just take the extra step and follow us on Twitter, and then you can find out. Because uh, not only rebuilding it will help uh, with scientific discoveries, but if you're vain, it will also help with really cool movie sets, because we will have some uh, <laughs> yeah. really cool structure for yeah. future movies that hopefully they rebuilt. It'll be a little different. So, yeah. you know, we can do contact two uh, on it. <laughs> Golden but I also, I, I think uh, uh, going back to Carl Sagan and the radio telescope and all the other cool things, that the radio telescope was doing was SETI research. Uh, and for those who don't yeah. know, SETI is Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. That, fun fact, Carl Sagan helped design the message for. Uh, so not only is it doing some really badass uh, scientific discoveries of dark galaxies and the universe, but it's also trying to find if there are space aliens out there. So do yourselves a favor. If you want to know if there's aliens, <laughs> we need to listen to them. And we were listening to them in Puerto Rico. So sign the petition. Help us out. Hey, who who knows? Maybe Star Wars is actually somehow <laughs> George Lucas made contact with a galaxy far, far away. 
and they're just waiting for that radio telescope to get built. Yep. So get uh, on it. <laughs> get on it. Okay. And those who already signed, thank you. Make another account. Sign it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now that we're done with the aside side, it's a very important aside, of course, but let's get into the episode. The bounty hunter. Yes. So I think originally we were planning on doing something else for the episode, but if you guys haven't watched our analysis of the last episode of The Mandalorian, The Tragedy, we had so much fun dissecting this reintroduction mm -hmm. of Boba Fett into the Star Wars universe that we decided, you know, screw that. Let's talk about Boba Fett. Let's, you know, remember when we first saw him, his, you know, transition throughout the years, and now this, like, new Boba that we got, so... Uh, I think, Goose, you want to get started with like our first introduction to Boba Fett in 1978? Boba Fett, as most everybody knows at this point, uh, and for those who don't, then we will let you know now, was first seen in live action in the best Star Wars movie of the original trilogy. <laughs> sorry, Husbando. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, we first see him there in all his mighty Mandalorian glory, that beautiful worn out uh, suit of armor and like the only person that kind of interacts with Darth Vader in a like a equal, equal kind of way. But the fun fact for that, that people might not be aware of, is that that was not his first yeah. appearance in the Star Wars universe. First, he appeared actually like in a... First, he actually appeared. Uh, I don't know. I don't know which one of these two things happened first, actually. But he appeared in a parade somewhere in rural America next to Darth Vader, and then like they, there was a picture of him in the newspaper. So technically, he appeared there first. But in terms okay. of Star Wars media, he appeared in the Star in the infamous, not the new okayish holiday special that we already <laughs> talked about. If you yeah. haven't, go check out our episode on it. Okay, but in the original infamous Star Wars holiday special, where as a true badass, he comes in riding a fucking dinosaur. And yes. It's pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. It, it, it is amazing. It is amazing. It's an animated that, that, that. form. So, uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. so it's, it's worth watching that part. Yes. It's, 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 yeah. it's really interesting. I mean, even though the whole <laughs> holiday special is a bit of a, of a shit show, to say yeah. the least, uh, Boba's, Boba's appearance is, is pretty, pretty mm -hmm. special. And another fun fact, this is the fun fact episode, I guess, is that the <laughs> rifle that Boba Fett is using in the holiday special is what inspired Mando's rifle in The Mandalorian. Really? So, there you go. More I did not more know connections. that. Layers on top of layers. Layers on top of layers. This is yes. Boba Seption right now. Boba, Boba Seption. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag that. Hashtag. Yeah. Uh, going back to Boba, uh, Boba was... Uh, was played by a British actor called Jeremy Bullock uh, in physical form, but his voice was originally portrayed by uh, Jason Wingreen. And he only had, infamously, only had four lines, four lines. in the entire trilogy. But <laughs> somehow those four lines and that look was badass enough to transcend <laughs> a fandom and make him an icon into, you know, into epic proportions as he yep. is. To this day and age, even though his next appearance in Return of the Jedi was, some would say, lackluster, <laughs> because to his say badass, the least, to say <laughs> the least, his badass level went from standing tall and proud to falling into a butthole in the sand, uh, 
and not even graciously fall. Even I mean, graciously. it was just like by a almost blinded Han Solo, like yes, hit hitting his jetpack, right. and it's like, oh, isn't it? You know, you're a Mandalorian. He this is he didn't this is what destroys him on you. Purpose. I know, I know. <laughs> so the worst part wasn't even on purpose. <laughs> did it, did it, poor Boba. They didn't even see it coming. He went like a chump. Uh, yeah. Well, mm -hmm. I, I I mean, he he probably after being after the Charlotte pit and being in Tatooine, I'm sure he had to replay that scene in his mind a few times yeah. to be at oh, peace yeah. with it. Yeah. It's like, how did that happen? How did maybe that happen that Sarlacc maybe, pit so Maybe that's why it took him five years to <laughs> finally leave Tatooine. He's just like, do, do, you know, internalizing I've, everything. PTSD, Sarlacc pit failure. Oh, yeah. oh, oh my God, that would be amazing. No, no, like imagine a story of somebody that went through PTSD, took their hermit time, Five years or so to you know get okay like transcend their hatred for whatever happened and then comes back and saves humanity it's like because he doesn't even he doesn't he can't even technically hate han solo because i mean he was he wasn't on purpose. Turned against him so he doesn't even know it, who knocked him over uh, but, i mean uh, for 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 all it could be for boba could have thought oh my god i had mechanical failures i forgot to check the Jetpack yeah, this morning. Uh -huh. Like the the <laughs> car, the the alarm went off on my jetpack to check the engine, and I didn't. And I didn't pay mechanic. attention to it. Yeah. Those ja like those Jawas, like we're gonna like, charge <laughs> me an arm and a leg for it. And I decided not to give it maintenance. Oh, <laughs> but, and, uh, and that's the and that's the last thing we see of Boba. And that's Fatal. the last thing we see of Boba until Friday's glorious Mandalorian episode, which we'll talk about some of the. A fan gatekeeping that has been happening now with like Boba Fett lore. Uh, but before going into that, I think one of the interesting things to mention before that is that based on Boba Fett's popularity, there were extra scenes that were filmed for Boba mm -hmm. Fett then for Return of the Jedi on the special edition and for A New Hope where he was inserted into old yeah. footage that was again inserted <laughs> into insertion yeah. among inserts. Yeah. Uh, of Bobaception. Bobaception. <laughs> It's just all layers and layers. Because yeah. that scene that I'm talking about, which is that new scene in A New Hope where Jabba the Hutt confronts Han Solo yeah. right before they like go to you know take Obi-Wan and Luke to Alderaan, that yeah. was obviously a scene that was filmed with a original actor and all the bounty hunters behind him. Uh, and then obviously that actor was digitally replaced with uh, Jabba the Hutt. But originally that scene did not feature Boba Fett. Boba Fett was added afterwards in the 90s with a special edition. So mm -hmm. pretty, I mean, that CGI was pretty seamless. Not so much Jabba the Hutt. Not so much uh, Jabba, just, oh, he looks Jabba, so I mean, bad in that scene. Or, 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 or maybe Jabba was so bad that made makes Boba just, <laughs> they just added Boba. shine like a... Like yes, yeah, true, good point. I mean, this is one thing, like, I really am not a big fan of, like, uh, <laughs> people going in and changing effects yeah. in movies and upgrading things. But this is one that I will personally, because we know that Disney and Lucasfilm listen to our show. So I will personally make a plea, Disney, Lucasfilm, you have our permission. Please go in and fix Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to keep that scene, that's the least you can do for us. Yes. Just fix yes. him, because mm -hmm. he looks terrible. Uh, <laughs> but uh, bringing it back into more changes in the trilogy, which is actually one of the positive changes that I think uh, George Lucas actually did in terms of continuity's sake, 
was the replacement of the original actor that we mentioned before mm -hmm. uh, for Boba Fett's voice to Timora Morrison, the mm -hmm. actor that portrayed uh, Jango Fett, Fett. Mm -hmm. which would obviously make sense in terms of like mm -hmm. how his voice sounds like, because as we know, and then we'll go into detail and talk about the prequels, uh, Boba Fett was a clone of mm -hmm. Jango Fett. Uh, I think there are some other like behind the scenes things that we could talk about Boba Fett, but for uh, the fluidity of this conversation, why don't we like move into Boba Fett's history now in the prequels? And Maddie, I think you had something to say about that. Okay, so for you guys that have been listening, um, I had never before watched the Clone Wars animated series, and I apologize shame. gravely. I know shame, shame on me <laughs> highly because I was missing a lot. So we get a lot of character development of the character of Boba Fett as a child in the animated series. But before getting to that, for those of you who do not know, we first actually see him as a child in Attack of the Clones. And that's where we first find out really where he Played came from. by Daniel Logan. Who voiced him in the animated series. Yep. Which again, continuity, go Filoni, you know, just amazing thought process there to actually make that happen. But we first meet him um Django Fett at this point we don't really know we know he has Mandalorian armor but we don't know if he's a Mandalorian or not but he's mm -hmm. in Camino and he was basically the DNA donor for the Republic's clone army so all the entire clone army is based off of Django Fett and then Django what he wanted in return for donating his blood DNA whatever mm -hmm. was a lot of money and Special a clone's sauce. Or, or M count could be an M count. Who, <laughs> M knows? Could be, could be, could be. who, who knows? Um, was for him to, you know, get a lot of money and to get a clone of himself, but without any of the preconditioning or any of the growth hormones that they give them to make them like accelerate growth and everything. So that's Boba. Boba is a clone of Django, but that he raises as his own son. And then, you know, long story short, he trains him really well. He actually, you know, flies away and shoots at Obi-Wan from the Slave One. So he knows to actually shoot from a very young age. He's been training since he was a kid. And then we go to Geonosis when the battle happens at the end of the movie and there's Jango Fett in full Mandalorian armor. And then the Jedi arrive and Mace Windu ends up decapitating Jango Fett in front of Boba. And you have that very iconic scene where Boba's just holding his father's helmet to his face and it's this just like consumed with revenge and that's yeah. that's the last we see of boba and then we get the animated series then the animated series we get an episode i don't remember what season it was do you remember who's no I, I'm, I'm bad at keeping because i've been the seasons just because since they're not chronological like... yeah i know it's kind of hard but there's this um episode where you have a bunch of you know clone cadets uh basically touring uh, one of the ships and you know with their brother clones and like trying to basically like boy scouts almost and I remember thinking obviously they all look the same because they're clones but there was some attitude with this one kid and I turned to Hosbando and I was like is that Boba and he's like well just wait and find out it's like <laughs> do you want to like... watch the show you want to watch it <laughs> yeah and I was like oh my god Boba Fett as a kid, Boba animated Fett. series. Boba Fett, where? What? <laughs> where? Where? Oh, so mean. So mean. Sorry. Yeah. Had to do it. On Solo, you had to do it. You had to do it. 
after we talked about the, the poor guy just failing miserably yeah. and you just you have to point it out again yeah. mean Ugh. mean Ugh. okay anyway so you have this episode where boba like infiltrated the cadets because he is gung-ho about killing mace windu rightfully so yes because mace windu is kind of a dick <laughs> Called Ahsoka um, citizen, killed his dad. It's like, no, this guy's gonna yeah, go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. Well, anyway, <laughs> eventually his plan fails. Uh, some clone troopers end up dying instead of Mace Windu. Uh, you find out that he's actually partnered up with like Aura Singh and Bosk and Castas, who are on the Slave One. So you actually get to see the Slave One. And, but you start to see that he doesn't necessarily want to be a bad guy. He just wanted to kill Mace Windu. He actually mm -hmm. feels bad that some stormtroopers ended up, stormtroopers, sorry, clone troopers ended up dying. And- Glad you caught yourself. Yeah. And he really hesitates when he has to leave like his fellow cadets. He seems like he was actually kind of enjoying, you know, being with his peers and yeah, finding some camaraderie and stuff. And later on after, you know, this attempt fails, they end up taking some hostages and Boba does not agree on how the hostages are treated, like killing them to get the Jedi to show up and, and you know, being denied water and basically tortured and Boba was not okay with it. So you do see a moral side to Boba Fett, like mm. at least as a kid that even though he's like bent on revenge and hatred, he does not necessarily portray this whole, I'm just a bounty hunter and I don't care about anything mm -hmm. kind of attitude. You see a different side to him. So he is unable to uh, kill Mace Windu as again kid, as a kid. Yep. Yeah, uh, he tries to kill him again by you know uh, tempting him by having some hostages, but fails again. In an episode that's great because the hero of that episode is R two D two, and yep. being able to like rescue them, it's a great episode. Um, <laughs> and he ends up regretting that he was doing all these things because of the cost and he tells mace windu that he is never going to forgive him he's oh but he regrets like trying so actively to murder him mm. but that he's never ever going to forgive him for what happened and he ends up getting arrested and then you have this other arc later on i think that's season four where uh obi-wan kenobi fakes his identity mm -hmm. and goes to jail and then you have Boba like a little bit more grown up like fighting him just to like create a diversion so that Cat Bane and I don't remember who the other character was can escape Cat Bane so on we'll, that we'll, point we'll, we'll, we'll get into Cat Bane but. yeah so on that point Cat Bane is probably my favorite bounty hunter not Boba Fett mm -hmm. yeah. just you know to throw that out there a little bit but that's, that is objectively true <laughs> Sorry, is, Boba. Sorry, yeah. Boba uh, fanboys, but Cad Bane. Cad Bane. That's it. Everything from his look to the way his voice sounds to how he operates, there's just something fantastic about Cad Bane. And then what I think the only other arc that uh, Boba shows up in in Clone Wars that unfortunately I haven't gotten to, so you guys might be able to talk about it better than me, is when he teams up with Asajj Ventress. Yes. So uh, I don't. I don't remember that well. But <laughs> do you remember that arc? No, but I do remember. Oh, there we go. Cat I do remember. Oh, he had to do it, didn't he? <laughs> had to. Yeah. Had to. He had to do remember. it. For, for, for those who are listeners, uh, Goose is showcasing. Yes. Goose, Goose, what are you showcasing us this, this time? This, what, this what's what's the, from your fine conduction? 
my uh, this is a fine addition to my collection which is the like a special edition the special edition convention exclusive even though there wasn't a convention this year black series cat bane with uh, seth green i always forget his character to uh, toto 360 the character seth green played uh it's a, the jewel one of the crowning achievements of my black series collection uh, Cat Bane. Cat Bane. Yeah. Uh, but no, sorry. To answer your question, I don't. I don't. I don't remember that arc. That arc. I do remember the deleted uh, scene arc, episode, whatever you want to call it, of the showdown between Boba Fett and Cat Bane, that never made it into the series. That explains yeah. where Boba Fett got the, you the know, dent hole. on mm -hmm. his on his on his helmet, which is mm -hmm. on a on a showdown with Cat Bane. But uh, I think we saw the animatics for that in like Celebration Orlando, was it? I, don't I think yeah, it was in Orlando. Yeah, yeah it, was it was Orlando. Celebration mm -hmm. Orlando. Yeah. We were there. So we were there. So apparently <laughs> that is a real memory and not a fabricated memory. <laughs> I always like to double check those things because sometimes things I think I remember are just fake memories. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like yeah, you I mean, dreamed I mean, about I mean, it and think it really happened. Yeah. Fake memories I mean, are that, a thing. That, Look it up. You know, no, no, no. It's it's a possibility. You know, <laughs> we we could we could we could be all massively deluded about this, but yeah. at least I have a vague recollection of that being presented in the Clone Wars panel. Yes, because it wasn't that the same panel where they showed the uh, art for Rebels that showed uh, old yes. Rex. Yeah. In the in the return mm -hmm. of the Jedi gear, yeah. kind of confirming yeah. the fan Confirming the. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that was the uh, that was the rebels panel then. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Wait. No. Wait. Rebels. Yeah, it was the rebels That's, panel. Because there were two separate panels: the rebels one, where they showed. No, no, the, no. It, it was it was it was actually the, the rebels. One? Panel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Oof, anyway. But, so so we don't remember the last arc that Boba was in, but basically the takeaway is you see this kid who was an orphan who had his father murdered by a Jedi. So he just has this like complete different vision of Jedi as, you know, we were grown up to believe the Jedi were. And basically it is raised by a ragtag team of bounty hunters throughout the way until he makes himself one of the most feared bounty hunters in the galaxy by the time that we get to the original trilogy. He builds this reputation for being ruthless and i mean at one point in the original trilogy like darth vader has to tell him no disintegrations like don't be bad boba i need yeah. the bodies like no, i mean be... so it's like that's gonna cost you extra yeah exactly. <laughs> mercy there's a there's 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 uh, an extra billing rate for mercy mm -hmm. <laughs> so i mean service fee it's <laughs> exactly you know, it's it's like these gangsters who get a reputation for killing people in a certain way. Like, who gets famous by disintegrating people? I mean, this guy was completely ruthless. And I mean, but that's that's actually now that you mentioned that though, mm -hmm. how does that bode well for him as a bounty hunter? Because if I'm a bounty hunter, you need to show proof I, that I need it to actually show happened. Proof of my bounty, you know, I disintegrate them. There's yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, no, you, you could you could there's some there's some you could technically you know uh, issues. There. You could technically like. And your DNA does take, take, mm -hmm. take, take some or like to make a recording or something or take some. You can Photoshop, just space Photoshop. Yes, but that's why you need the space cadaver. Yeah. Space cadaver. Yep. Or say, take some teeth or something before you disintegrate them. Well, but you, but again, no, because like you could have taken the teeth and then tell him, like, okay, now you can go 
and you can pretend you're dead now that I have the teeth. No, no, no. Well, but that's I why I see. I see some ethical concerns here with uh, the bounty hunting profession. Okay, so you think he should watch Django Unchained and you know learn how to be a correct <laughs> bounty hunter? Yeah, I mean, I think that's. I think that would be a good idea. I think. Uh, I think Django and Doctor Schultz had a good understanding of bounty hunting. Uh, because they didn't disintegrate anybody, and they got—they always they got just, their person. They always they got just, the target. And they just carried the bodies, had proof. Give me my money, done. Fantastic so, movie, by the way. Oh, it, it is. It is. We should do a little Tarantino series. A Tarantino series yes. coming, way, coming soon. Now that we're now that we're on that topic, I'm just just out of curiosity. I need to ask, what did y'all think of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Loved it. Really? Because yes. I thought it was so overrated. Like, I, I actually it, really enjoyed it. I saw it in the big, on the big screen because there's a theater here in Chicago, the Music Box. Anyone who's not familiar with it, it's one of the best movie theaters ever because they still uh, show movies. Like it's an old school theater, so obviously it has that going for it, which is beautiful. But it also it still does old school projections, so they still do film. And nice. it's one of the few theaters that still do 70 millimeter. So obviously when Tarantino films come out or Christopher Nolan films come out, they do 70 mil Ooh. projections at the Music Box. So I went to see it. Once upon a time in Hollywood, seventy millimeter, and I was it wasn't bad. I was just the like reviews and the media were like hyping up the movie so much that I'm like, oh my god! I mean, because I already love Django, I love mm -hmm. Hateful Eight, which everyone thought was okay. I didn't like but, Hateful Eight actually that much, I, and I loved Hateful mm -hmm. Eight. Oh my god! Yeah, but for me, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just fell flat. Not that it's bad, but it just there was. It didn't, didn't, de didn't deliver. Didn't deliver. It did not. Did not deliver the goods. <clears throat> I hadn't actually heard anything about it, so when I watched it, I was a complete clean slate. So I mm -hmm. didn't know that it had been hyped that much. I saw it when it came out on like DVD way later, so mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting anything. So I actually found okay. it very enjoyable. But we are completely off topic now. I think we are. later okay. we can do a Tarantino <laughs> segment and like yes. rate our favorite Tarantino movies as well. And he'll be on the show. Of course, because you of know course. all these celebrities are are fans, and they, they 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 are they do they listen they'll they'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, getting back to Boba Fett, uh, <clears throat> as a child, you see, you know that um, he was just a kind of abandoned, but he wasn't he didn't really want to be like a bad guy, I think. And even later, when he disintegrates people, I don't think he was <laughs> a bad guy either. He was just a professional, and he just you know. He was a bounty hunter. Bounty hunter. That's it. You know, you, you, you do what you have to do, survive in the galaxy. Just a mm -hmm. simple man. Yes. <laughs> Trying to make his way through the universe. Uh, which, which was like a nice callback to uh, Attack of the Clones. Yes. Saying the same thing that Django, As Django. said. Mm -hmm. And then also the same thing that Luke said when he says, like, like my father before me, or some variation of that. Yeah. It <laughs> was good. It was good. It was good. And then I think... That sex into last episode on Mandalorian. Yeah, the right? episode. But I think before we get into what the episode did, I think we should talk about what we thought of the character before because fanboys yeah, just yeah. just fanboys love... fan. Yeah, yeah, fanboys and, and fan. yeah, and Boba Fett was just <laughs> I like just this... imagine like people fanning. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is just they 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 fan the flame. Yeah, of, of gatekeep. Yeah. So um, so there was this like. Boba Fett was always like this larger than life character that people just idolize so much. And I could never get into that conversation because I, I wasn't a fan. I, I didn't understand why he was such a big deal. He only had four lines in the original, not saying that he didn't look cool, 
but again it, undeniable undeniable but then like uh yeah. who's the same before he just fails epically in uh return of the jedi it's like <laughs> kind of comedic and you know like kind of three stooges like yeah it's very slapsticky yeah yeah and and so I never understood why people were such a huge fan. Sorry if people are going to hate this because I know the Boba Fett fan is I intense. Hear this, I hear the dislikes. I hear the dislikes, dislikes already. <laughs> so obviously watching Clone Wars added more depth to the character for me, but I still didn't get like why people cared that much. So that was my imagining of who Boba Fett was before watching this. And actually yeah. when they first... We're talking about the more Mandalorian and they were saying that the Mandalorian was going to be a Boba Fett show. I was like, why? Yeah. I don't care. You know, that was my interpretation at least going into this. So what did you guys think before? Um, I'm totally with you, Nani. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I saw Boba, you know, as, as a cool looking yeah. plot device, you know, <laughs> it was just there to advance the, the drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, so we could eventually get Luke and Vader fighting. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then, you know, the, it's, the, their death was just inconsequential, or apparent death was inconsequential, yeah. uh, falling into the Sarlacc pit. Although I will not want to be falling into a Sarlacc pit. It does not look pleasant. It, it, it does not. not look pleasant. But, which is, which, which, could be a, which could be an allegory for a cave myth, but let's, or the, or, 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 but, but, but let's jump, awesome. jump. It is possible. It, I mean, it, I think. It, I mean, I think. I, I think, think it is, especially now that he's alive. It's uh, not, not now that now that it's alive. It's actually the transition of mm-hmm. what we will eventually see, and I think mm-hmm. kind of this what excites excited me about this character being portrayed now. Mm-hmm. Like I, I thought it was just a plot device, but then all of a sudden it's like, oh wait, now they can turn what was just insignificant into meaningful. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh. I'm, I'm interested to see where where this goes. Mm-hmm. How about you, Luz? It's interesting because, like, I always liked. I mean, I liked Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't like hard. I didn't go hard on the on the Boba Fett train of him being like the baddest in all the land. But I was always on board with, "Hey, dude's cool. Um, um, I'm in. I, I'm in." But I, not on the train. I was maybe on the bus. Definitely <laughs> not on the train. But uh, obviously, as time goes by and you see, especially the Return of the Jedi, Boba Fett, you kind of realize that maybe he is overhyped a little bit. Uh, And I think that now with the new Mandalorian episode, obviously, there's a new appreciation for his story arc, especially now that you've refreshed my memory, Nani, with the depth that they achieved with Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Even though Clone Wars does that with most characters, it you know touches because that show is just amazing. Yeah. Uh, but for me, one of the interesting things though is like I feel that there is some sort of like dissonance in the way that Boba Fett one is portrayed in the movies, now the live action show, Clone Wars, and comic books slash books because I think where in the Clone Wars and Mandalorian we're seeing this more. A redemption arc or mm-hmm. a conflicted villain arc in Clone Wars and now there's Honor Bound a hero, anti-hero we still don't mm-hmm. know, person in Mandalorian I feel that his characterization maybe in books and comic books and granted, I haven't read most yeah. of them, so fanboys, I'm sorry uh, 
but it feels like through those that media, they make him more of an epic villain, like the badass, you know, bounty mm-hmm. hunter. And it feels, at least to me, like it's just like a one-dimensional way of like reading Boba mm-hmm. Fett as a character, uh, which is kind of why I never got on board with that, like characters that don't have any uh, depth and are just badass because they- Or like internal conflict bit. or yeah. something. Yeah, that, that like, can be relatable. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Don't, do, don't do it for me as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, because also in the canon comics, comics that are going around now on Marvel, uh, again, again, I haven't read them, but what I've seen online, sort of the reception of what's happening with mm-hmm. those comics, it's a lot of mixed reception because there's been a lot of uh, portrayal of violence against women has been pretty uh, egregious, apparently. Uh, and the characterization, again, that Boba has in those comic books is pretty, you know, pretty straightforward as like a villain. Mm-hmm. antagonist uh, okay. so I definitely appreciate what the last episode of Mandalorian did yeah. so again I am still more of a fan of Mando and Din Djarin and Cobb Vanth mm-hmm. than I am Boba but I do appreciate now that you know the Bobaception as we were talking at the beginning the of the episode mm-hmm. uh, there has been a layer a, a layer yeah. added to Mando well tell us uh, Mo what what did it add like what happened now in the last episode that Boba is an onion. I, I, he's I, an, I think beautiful onion, well, a pride <laughs> onion that blossoms. Uh. Blossoms. What what it adds <laughs> and what sort of like it's boiling in my back head cannon. But <laughs> let's, talk, let's let's hold that for predictions later on. Okay. Uh, you see, all of a sudden, an aged. We we we've we've seen a young Boba. We've seen a prime. Boba, mm-hmm. and now we're seeing the equivalent of what will be a, a master who, you know, hopefully it will be the either that mentor that could be for Din, or it could be that whole story of redemption, the one we've mm-hmm. actually, as fans, have been craving, like the. It could it could be what Kylo could have been in a way. Okay. Uh, that's 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 the optimistic side of it. Mm-hmm. But on what we got, we all of a sudden a have still a apparently someone that's a badass that's been trained all mm-hmm. of their lives as mm-hmm. just I wouldn't even say to kill. I, I I think at that moment, I would say he was just trained to be a kick. Just kick ass, you know. Yeah. Like, well, he's been trained for revenge, right? He's, he's, he's gone to destroy Mace Windu. That has been yeah. the motivation of his training. Yes. Basically. Mm-hmm. Which, which, which kind of like, I know, Goose, you don't like this idea, but it might be, it gives credence to that idea of like bringing back Mace Windu to see how Boba reacts after Boba's redemption story. And it will be a nice touchback of like a callback. You know, you have Mace Windu, who was probably, you know, best friends with Yoda at that moment. <laughs> best friends are going out Pals. to the arcade Pal. together. I, I, I totally see them just palling out. like Having you know, coffee. Have, 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 space I, I can't space coffee or tea, space tea. Space tea. Yeah. Uh, it, so even though Farfetch, I think it will be a really interesting. Uh, and so if framed be- correctly, you wouldn't be against them bringing 
No, no. If Rim- well, well, mm-hmm. well, again, Lucasfilm, check it out. There's my pet cannon. Okay. Uh, if you, you heard it here first. So, <laughs> Gro- exclusive. Gro- exclusive. Grogu is going to get saved by Mace Windu. Mace Windu was the one that heard the call. That means that for season three, it will be Be- Grogu training as a Jedi so that Grogu can see we are Grogu already saw what's life within now he's gonna see what's life as a Jedi with to Mace. then with Mace Windu to then make the decision do I want to be a Jedi or be within which will give a good arc of separation I think we can benefit from that we will see different angles and look into the force and then Din can have uh, its own, their own journey mm-hmm. with, uh, with Boba as that character that mm-hmm. went through redemption mm-hmm. and now can show another way. So eventually at the end of the day, Mando will not only have, Mando's way will not only be either Bo-Katan's or the Armorer or Boba's, it's going to be a combination of those three. Mm-hmm. And what works for... And, and what works for yeah. Din mm-hmm. and eventually Mando. Mm-hmm. I mean, Grogu, my bad. Grogu, yeah. Yes. And then somewhere when they meet, if, if we're following this timeline, when they meet, you get that um, Mace Windu and Boba reunited. Yes. And, reunited. Yeah. And then what do I do? Do I try to murder him? Do I accept that I have already gotten over this and have grown beyond? Or, or, or. Yeah. And it will be a really interesting, I I think in a day and age, we, what was a child of trauma? That's PTSD all over the Mm -hmm. place, you know? God damn, doesn't matter how weird that is. If it's right in front of your kid and it gets their head sliced off, Yep, that, that's, that, that'll, that'll mess something that, up. Yeah. That's that's, and we know that there's those space psychiatrists, psychologists, yeah. because like Co- no clearly, one gets, no one goes to get help. Ben didn't, Han Solo hasn't, Luke, no one, no one. Yeah, yeah. like we're yeah. talking about people that probably had access to you, space therapists, but didn't have. Well, no, and it's which, not which, like which, he had. <laughs> which might be might be a good thing. We that's why we need to build the radio telescope. That galaxy far away. They need actually, our. They need. They our need Earth. Earth psychologists. Psychologist. Psychologist. <laughs> um, no, but it's it's this this kid that was traumatized, and then he had no um, he had no role models growing up. He just had other bounty hunters that were. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. His role models were other bounty hunters that had even less of a moral code than he had as a kid. I and, mean. And... Mm-hmm. Now that you said say that, it, it will tie a little bit on how Boba reacted on the episode to the Empire. Like it, it wasn't like, yeah. oh, the Empire's back. I'm gonna buddy up with them because clearly he was the guy to go to for the Empire. I mean, at least for Darth Vader, his yeah. reaction was clearly stern and almost like like a negative. Uh, like like I, I love how. He said, oh, there's no spice dream. Because yeah. Mando, Mando could have confirmed it was the Empire, like an Empire ship, because Mando had seen the ship. Mm-hmm. It took it took Boba said, Oh, there's no spice dream. Kind of yeah. tying it back to, you know, I've I've known what 
like I've been on the underworld. I've, I've been past mm-hmm. that. It's also ties mm-hmm. back to you. And then you have a more concerned Boba that then all of a sudden also is so, the, the, the word is so important mm-hmm. that they're willing to sacrifice their life for somebody that they don't know, mm-hmm. but still feel the, the allegiance as foundlings. But that based uh, based on that point, though, I wonder what happened to Boba in the Sarlacc pit uh, in the years whenever. in between. Because yeah. maybe it was between Empire and Return of Jedi. Who knows? So so so, so, his, so again, okay. Allegiance, but switch his perspective. Mm-hmm. That then then I should I should tantalize you with another theory. Mobius Here idea. Here we go. Uh-huh. As long as it doesn't well, involve Mace Windu. It, it doesn't. It involves. You do not like that, do you? It, I, don't, I, I, I don't. I don't I, I, like I, I, the Sebastian Stan fan cast. I don't like Mace Windu coming back. But that's separate. No, no. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Mace Windu <laughs> is. It will be occupied with Grogu. There's. That, we won't. We won't see that reunion until the end of the season. Yeah. But what we will see, and uh, it's actually Boba. It's in Tatooine. Who else is in Tatooine during that time? Cup oh, wait, no, shit. Well, what if somehow the ghost of Obi-Wan? I'm going to veto this idea. <laughs> <laughs> no. This is the second time I'm using my no. executive veto no. power. Or, or, what do you think, what do you think, Maddie? I no, no, you're you're going too far, yeah, too far, too far. Okay. Um, but I have to say that that there's um <laughs> to the cartwheel. Just take it. I I would like to know. I mean, even if they um don't talk about it completely, but I would like to know what happened because you don't just see it in in the fact that now he's honor bound to mm. Din, like you see at the end of this episode. Like he already had his armor. The if mm. you were doing just quick pro quo, he could be like, check it, like your ship's destroyed. You can't follow me. Like mm-hmm. good luck saving the kid. I mean. It's not only that he was honor about in that, but you see it in when he saved Fennec. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he saw somebody in danger. Old Boba wouldn't have cared to see yeah. somebody on the ground almost dying. Like he actually took her in, saved her, and made her, made her, because he didn't force her. But she became loyal to him. Mm-hmm. A woman that had never shown actual loyalty to anybody is actually loyal to him. I don't think just because he saved him. I think there's mm-hmm. something more there that he has learned that he's kind of passing to other people. Yeah. So I would like to know how he got there. Cause well, yeah. And, and, and I think that's what we might get hopefully it, it, because right now, Din only knows, and this is kind of like segueing away from Boba, but Din only knows what a founding is from the armor's perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. But it, it clearly seems that Boba is in tuned with and, and and highly respects Django, his father. Yeah. Uh, and, and knows about Mandalorian history. Mm-hmm. So it will be interesting to see a Boba retelling the story of what the foundlings initially were. Mm-hmm. Because I, 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 I will change. Flashback or Timora Morrison is playing a de aged uh, Django during the Mandalorian. So, ooh, I, I like yeah. that. I like just... that. I like that more than the rumored uh, Boba Fett spin-off show. I don't want fucking okay. Boba Fett show. No, we got the Mandalorian. 
I, I do like seeing flashbacks of Boba slash Django to go with what you're saying. That just blew my mind a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I did like that. I mean, I know there's, what was it that you called them, Goose? Gatekeepers? Gate, the gate, yes, gatekeepers. gatekeepers. Yeah. That um, I was surprised that they finally confirmed that he really was a Mandalorian, mm-hmm. a foundling. And then it, it seems like, like what you were saying, Mo, that he, Django did raise him knowing what a foundling is and what a foundling mm-hmm. is supposed to be. And, and whatever the way that he was taught, he did pass it on to Boba because he actually knows more than Din ever did. So, yeah, yeah. so I did like that confirmation that he is the real Mandalorian. Um, and, so and, apparently and, we and, were supposed to know this already, but yeah, <laughs> there's, me, a, there's, a, good, a, there's a yeah. contingency of fans that like like to judge if you're a true Star Wars fan or not by the compendium of knowledge you might have. And apparently after the episode aired, there, there, as I mentioned, this group of fans that are upset with uh, people, general population on Twitter and YouTubes and, and YouTube personalities and whatnot that didn't have Legends knowledge of Django being originally a foundling. And to that I say, poo-poo to you, I guess. And you feel more powerful. You feel more powerful than good for you, bro. Uh, keep reading your legend stuff. You should actually, in a way, foment and be glad that the show brought up, you know, a part of the lore that some people, myself included, uh, wasn't necessarily aware of. Because yeah. guess what? You know, I like to consume other media too. I don't know every single piece <laughs> of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a positive for you to like uh, have people discover that yeah. piece of it. And, you know. Instead of hating on people for not knowing it. Yeah. It's like, right. yeah. like mm-hmm. just actually educate them then. Like, oh, this yeah. is great. These are some cool stories yeah. that you should mm-hmm. check out to see how it all ties and, and yeah. boom. Because, hey, guess what? You're you're not a bigger fan than me. I'm not a bigger fan than you. We're all... Yeah. We just we know like different Star things. Yeah. We all like Star Wars. Well, even, even, even by their own... If it was just even selfishly to just invite people to learn about the media, might actually get newer fans into the old media which will eventually trickle mm-hmm. down to bringing more legends stuff into the canon. Because yeah. clearly, I mean, I, 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 have, I have to be honest, apart from whatever I read from Wikipedia, I don't know anything about legends. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there are some really cool stuff in there, yeah. like, mm-hmm. which absolutely has a plethora of creativity. Mm-hmm. But then again, who knows? Yeah. I'm just saying, just... Be, be, be positive about it instead something of to think, something to think yeah. about mm-hmm. yeah it's this, it's this whole weird mentality of like just because you know this one fringe part of mm-hmm. the, the, the lore that does somehow makes you superior to someone else that doesn't have that knowledge mm-hmm. it's, it's I don't know it's just absurd to me this whole gatekeeping thing like when your whole fandom is based on negativity and gatekeeping and you know hating new stuff and making sure that people feel inadequate on their fandom based on that knowledge. Mm-hmm. I just feel you're doing a disservice, not just to yourself, but mm-hmm. Star Wars or whatever fandom you're doing that with and the mm-hmm. people around you. Because the whole point of fandoms is to enjoy the media that we yeah. consume, to be positive and constructive with it, and to you know 
have more people enjoy the things we love because we're not if we're not enjoying it and we're not letting other people enjoy it what the hell are we doing <laughs> true so that's my diatribe with what well, well, keeping what what well, 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 uh, as, as a put on a positive note and for those fans that are i, I love X, xkcd comics uh they have a comic for everything out there and they have one that it's like you know one in ten thousand and it's it's the story of he tries to not make fun of people that do not know things okay the person already knows because for everyone everybody that knows something there's on average one in ten ten thousand people that are hearing it for the first time yeah. so if he makes fun of people then they're actually training them not to tell me when they have those moments yeah so yeah. you know you you miss out on the fun mm -hmm. so it's actually instead of like oh you didn't knew that it's like oh you're one in ten thousand come on get to know this yeah it's counterproductive the attitude yeah. is just counterproductive yeah. but um getting back to boba <laughs> i i just love this um new layer that they have added to the character and it doesn't contradict what came before it it no, just it makes right. yeah it it kind of goes back to how he was like as a kid like he was trying to not be a bad guy but then eventually probably just gave up because he was all alone and he was like i i can bounty hunt and then i'll separate myself from actually being a bad guy because I never actually saw him as a bad guy. I just saw him as a guy doing a job. Because mm -hmm. you don't see him like on purpose antagonizing people. You know? I, I, I love how the, the phrase is still applies. Just a simple yeah. person. Yeah. Make the way, way around it. Like, like yeah. there's, there's really no, there's no moral judgment. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you're, you're not saying, oh, I'm a good person or I'm mm -hmm. a bad person. I'm just yeah. a simple person. So that yeah. means that maybe goose that fear of like what was uh boba doing and tattooing maybe it's just you know that alone time that i'm gonna mm -hmm. i'm gonna now i'm gonna foment in in house hermit in house hermit yeah like so sometimes we need to step step back mm -hmm. just take some time maybe mm -hmm. uh, to me the the image of boba kind of invoke the new boba invoked like a monkish mm -hmm. it was very yeah. like you know, chafed head, the whole robes, this mm -hmm. whole like. Well, at this point, I don't think T Timora has a choice on the hairstyles. He can, he can, he can rock. I know, but he still looks badass, so. though. Yes. E even with the dad. Well, 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 you can always have a wig. You can yeah. always CGI <laughs> yeah. some shit. Like, you CGI can. Some hair. It has been done. Yeah, it has been done. So. It's easier to add hair than to take it off. Uh, exactly. As, so. as uh, Justice League painfully learned. <laughs> yep. <laughs> mm hmm. So, 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 like Nani says, it, it doesn't, it, mm -hmm. it actually mm -hmm. benefits from the fact that mm -hmm. we had this complicated backstory and mm -hmm. how does that person overcome their own trauma, mm -hmm. which is something we need in our society. Yeah, because it seemed know. to me like in the original trilogy, he had kind of like morally detached himself mm -hmm. and, and saw it just as a job and, and didn't, you know, want to think about if what he was doing was right or wrong he just became this completely detached person and just focused on just growing his name becoming the fiercest bounty hunter and all these things and then he had this near-death experience which was ridiculous in the sarlacc pit like he was probably hitting himself like how did this even happen 
And then I think he just kind of. <laughs> yeah, I think he was thinking that. How yeah, yeah. Like, how did this actually happen? I mean, I'm the biggest badass bounty hunter in the galaxies at this point in time when it happens. And then mm -hmm. he ends up like, like tumbling comically into the Starlight Pit. And I think he had to, aside from, you know, I think there was some outside influence too, but I think he actually just reevaluated himself and had to think about like, what have I been doing this whole time? And there was probably a Eureka moment somewhere along the lines. And now we get this version of Boba that has which, like- Which is originally what I thought this was gonna go differently because I thought it was gonna go more along the lines you're talking about, Nani. And mm -hmm that he would not actually seek out the armor for himself because I thought that he had, based on you know your uh, mm -hmm. stream of, of, of thought that he was going through, I had the same uh, thing, but it culminated in him not wanting the armor because he had transcended it. And yeah. that's why he never went to get it from Cop Van. Yeah. So he would somehow, when he ran into Mando, he would, which I don't know how he would have ran into him in this headcanon that I'm mm -hmm. making up in my mind, even though it's not real anymore. <laughs> he would, you know, in a way, have convinced Din uh, uh, to return the armor to Cobb because mm -hmm. he realized that in Cobb's hands is a, a better place if he's doing it to protect his yeah. people. And, you know, Boba just doesn't need it because he's in a different, you know, higher yeah. plane of understanding. Which might so, still happen eventually, but I think... Because I think he's going to die. Well, I mean, as as the mentor, the mentor has yeah. to. The mentor mm -hmm. has to die, yes. If you mm -hmm. want to know more about that, listen to our Mando Monday episode. We go deeper into all those things and our that. speculations for his relationship with Din. So yeah. Boba has now become, to me, originally one of the one-dimensional characters that I didn't understand why people loved so much. I did always like it and thought he was cool, but I never understood why they liked him so much because I thought he was just so one-dimensional. And now with everything being tied together, there's so many dimensions to this character and there's so much more to explore. And I think it was just it's beautifully done. Uh, yeah. I just and, feel, and, do we feel, though, before going into mm -hmm. that, and I know this is more Mandalorian mm -hmm. conversation, more so than Boba, but... I'm curious. Well, well, the, now they're one in the same. It's yeah. the, the oh, title. The title is called the Mandalorian. It's not called I, I, like and they're all Mandalorian. And that's mm -hmm. what my question goes to because season one, Din Djarin is clearly the main character. This is his story, mm -hmm. but it feels in a way like that has been shipped away in this season, both with Bo-Katan's introduction and Ahsoka, and now even Boba, since now we know Boba will be mm -hmm. at least for this leg of the journey be joining. Mando, do we feel that Boba's appearance has, in a way, overshadowed uh, Mando's journey? I, will say I don't no. think so. Mm -hmm. You go first, Mando. Uh, I, I will say no, and in the sense that we will just, you know, it'll, it'll still be an accessory. Like, still, again, going back to what we talked, like, Boba will still be a plot accessory to Mando's journey. Mm -hmm. Just as at some point there was a plot accessories for Luke's journey. Mm -hmm. So, and, and it, it circles back. It, it will be a beautiful way to, you know, it's Boba has always been a side character. They've never been. I, I kind of like when side characters have their own little backstories on arcs and, you know, mm -hmm. you, but you don't need them to overtake it. 
but it goes in line to having and there's probably there's just me going off like think maybe even like Lucasfilm conspiracy theories but clearly cinema is not coming back anytime soon and by mm-hmm. the time it comes back people are will be more accustomed to on-demand media I, I mean it's 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 economy so they're probably thinking wait how can we change what we had planned as movies to just make make a series mm-hmm. and to have a series where you have a mentor and disciple relationship mm-hmm. which goes in line also with Star Wars we've, we've seen all, uh, there's always a mentor disciple relationship but can we see it from the Mandalorian perspective this is what the show is about mm-hmm. how do you identify what is the Mandalorian way what mm-hmm. will eventually become what it was so in a way Boba is what it was what it, mm. how it transcends then it's a byproduct of what it happened mm-hmm. and then what, what what will be that relationship so i don't know i i, I think it's if if it's thought out that way mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm 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 down for it and i'm excited okay i don't know i i just awkward uh, silence no it's just that i was just <laughs> thinking, thinking for a minute there yeah because I do, I do see that as something that is happening for sure. Because, but I see it more as a, as a global thing, as we've discussed before, with all the Mandalorians that Din has interacted with on this show. And I include Cobb Vanth, even though he's not Mandalorian, but he wore the armor. Mm-hmm. But so that, in a way, informs uh, Din's relationship to his creed. Uh, so I don't see it necessarily tied one-to-one uh, to Boba because I think Boba is just one of the cogs that will help yeah. Din's realization that he mm-hmm. can uh, take off his helmet and I don't mean that uh, literally I mean that yeah. figuratively uh, mm-hmm. to find the find his role within what Mandalorian culture is find his own yeah. way find his own and, way. and, and, mm-hmm. and not, 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 I, don't, I don't know if you have something to say but mm-hmm. something so, so as a segue to what Goose you were saying, Star Wars has always been at so, like at some point it establishes like the the mythology that the culture needs in a way or reflects what is happening, and what better way than to show we we've already seen that Mandalorians are completely diverse individuals, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. kind of reflects our reality. We have the Mandalorians that you know there's an infighting there's as Mm. as also so we can see actually a reflection so to me the sequel trilogy isn't the mythos they Mm. just wanted to get that out of the way Mm. the Mandalorian will be that new mythos if it's played correctly which so now as because now that I see how this episode played out the fact that Mandalorian this season there, we haven't seen any real growth for Din mm-hmm. it's because, precisely because of that because they're actually expanding and to this they're actually 
getting down into the nitty-gritty of making this a reality of the next mm -hmm. mythology for a new day and age. Yeah. So you think that this is, they're more laying down the groundwork here to make yeah. this more long-lasting and make the mythos make sense more by tying it together to what has come before more strongly and have the character develop within this world that we already know. Yes, combined with how can we make more money because we're going to- Of course, because obviously, and it's all shows. about the more yes. merch. It's all about the it's all about the bennies. No, but I do understand that because I mean, season three is already <laughs> confirmed. And if you set, if you make your world larger, you have more storylines that Mando could go into. Like if you limit yourself too much from the beginning, then it starts being derivative later on. So maybe now is a good time to start fanning off a little bit. I would not be against that. I want to see how the season ends before we get there. <clears throat> but going back to what you were asking, who's about, um, Boba Fett possibly overshadowing uh, Din. I don't think that's what they're doing, honestly. I There's this beautiful now uh, hero's journey to Boba Fett that has happened. Like, you know, abandoned child, uh, filled with revenge. So you, you see all these um, stages of grief that uh, Boba Fett has gone through. So he, he becomes this very complete character and I don't know if they're just going to have Boba Fett, you know, along for the ride until the child is saved or if they're going to keep him around longer. But I think the way that he was framed, I mean, even in the episode, as cool as Boba was, Mando really was the star of that episode. Not like in the previous one where the star of the episode was Ahsoka. In this episode, Mando really was the star of this episode. And as much as Boba Fett had to add, it was still Mando's story again in this episode. And I think if they keep doing it that way and frame his relationship with Boba Fett as this mentor relationship and a necessary step in his hero's journey and a necessary step mm -hmm. to him finding his own way through his own experiences and what he knows from Django and everything else that, and he knows about the, the Mandalorian Civil War from Django apparently, because mm -hmm. he's, talked about it so he would be a good tool to get history from I thought they were going to use Bo-Katan for that but I think Boba Fett would be more effective and yeah. and maybe Bo-Katan would give her story too and then he can get all the different perspectives and but I think as a mentor for him Boba Fett will be very good for that uh, to build off on that do you think they're going to do the build up to the traditional Star Wars thing where it's like build a family around a character you know you had luke whose family was obviously mm -hmm. han and leia we have mm -hmm. the uh, clone wars where it was like anakin luke obi-wan ahsoka mm -hmm. family then rebels kanan ezra hera uh, seb and sabine and chopper even though i don't like chopper uh, do we, will we do something like that <laughs> for i thought uh, like boba Ding. Like that. Uh, exactly where yeah. like mando starts out as the lone wolf then he gets a kid and then like yeah. there's a surrogate family that's built then around him and it might be just to throw names that have been showing i don't think bo-katan is but no uh, boba fennec maybe cara dune if they don't kill her off we'll see a uh, grief karga and they mm -hmm. become like a family Grogu. in the yeah. racer crest no, mm -hmm. racer crest two or something or whatever happens um i would not be opposed to it I mean, I love this whole surrogate families, found families theme that has been 
going on with Star Wars throughout the ages and to have Mando have his own surrogate family and not this, you know, cult the way the armor, I'm just doing it because this is how I was raised. Like him actually choosing his family Mm-hmm. And and his companions and everything, even if they're not always together, like maybe they could go on different adventures and everything. Mm-hmm. But I would actually really enjoy kind of seeing this surrogate family thing happening. So that's me. Because I think I think okay. that would also be a good way to uh, also start bringing in new character of the mm-hmm. week type dynamics, where it doesn't boil down to the same script that we've seen in season two, where it's just like Mando and one new person, mm-hmm. Mando and one new person. Mandarin one new person. Now I can just be like this whole family interaction between mm-hmm. Mando and his, you know, crew mates, family mates, whatever. And then like the adventure of the week type thing yeah. that would make it a little more uh, less predictable in the sense mm-hmm. that it's not always the quid pro quo. Quid pro quo that was happening in this oh season. Yes. Yeah, tongue twisted there. Yeah. Uh, and perhaps. I'm not saying yeah. that's what will happen, but I think I know, think and it would be it would be really twist. cool to see like the dynamics of these characters because most of them so far, not only Mando, all of them have been lone wolves most of their lives. So to see yeah. them like having to interact with each other and trying to be like unselfish in that relationship, yeah, I think would be really, I don't know, and, and, very and, and interesting also, and yeah, and also just oh, spices yes. up the show, right? Because you don't oh, have this whole same structure that these yeah. seasons have. It's like oh, the individual episodes mm-hmm. with the individual characters mm-hmm. and then the team up at the end right? yeah. Here you just start with the team up so to speak of like the main yeah. crew mm-hmm. and they're going on their adventures and they can split up or get together yeah. and like have more uh, different different dynamics yeah and Impact. you can already see that um boba fett has basically fennec is like part of his family now so you already have like two people that are starting to yep. combine and then adding mando as like a third person into it and seeing how it starts and then as you start slowly adding more people to it, how those relationships evolve. Yeah. Well, you already be... have a family of four. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, uh, uh, caught Vance at some point with Mando, you know, man. that. Uh, uh, the chipping, it's begun. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has to come well, back. I, well, well, isn't it what Star Wars has always been the story, the mm-hmm. found family that, that got him together. Mm-hmm. So I think it will be a beautiful way for Star mm-hmm. Wars to find them out on their own to evolve. Now, I was just like thinking like, oh, I can imagine they, obviously they had to destroy the Razor Crest because the Razor Crest was Ma- just Mando's car. It was kind of like, yeah. you know, that, <laughs> that, 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 that bachelor that has this cool car going around, but it's only like a, for two persons. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I have a family, so I have yeah, to get, get a minivan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so what if, what if the minivan, and this could tie tie things together, is the Millennium Falcon? Where is it? I had a similar. Uh, wait, did we, did we discuss this in the last episode, or what? I only no. talked about it with you. Uh, no, we didn't. I, I had, I had this. No, idea. we have not talked about this. <laughs> I had, I had this idea that uh, almost, almost literally the same idea as yours. But instead of being the Millennium Falcon, it would be the Outrider from Shadows of the Empire. So it's like a, basically a clone of the Millennium Falcon. And we know that ship is canon because it was in the special edition of A New Hope. It was in Rebels. It's like, hey, it's, Millennium Falcon is too recognizable. They're pro- Lucasfilm is probably not going to bring back Dash Rendar and the Outrider. So the next best thing, you have a surrogate Dash Rendar and Din Djarin, not without his helmet. And 
the Outrider as your Millennium Falcon. And that way you tie like Shadows of the Empire, Legends, continuity, and like do the Millennium Falcon thing well, without well, the Millennium yes. Falcon. Yeah, that, that, exactly. Like both make sense. Or like the, the Millennium Falcon kind of like will eventually, it, it will make sense how at the end it ends up being a trash. In, mm-hmm. in Jakku? In Jakku. After all these and adventures then, and then, that they have? Well, 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 it will make sense because we're seeing already the New Republic and the beginnings of the First Order. Mm-hmm. What if we get a glimpse of mm-hmm. Jakku at some point? Mm-hmm. Who knows? With the Millennium Falcon. With the whole family, that's yeah. This new family, Interesting. yeah. Interesting. Again, yeah, Lucas, Lucasfilm, take notes. They're they're listening. But but but, <laughs> of course. And, and, and fact. fact. Unfortunately, we will never get recognized. <laughs> no, they they can't. They can't do it because they can't show favoritism. Because then all the other uh, podcasts, they'll they'll they don't they can't they can't do it. Oh God. Um, anyway, I kind of wanted to go back a little bit to, uh, I don't remember it was Mo or Goose who brought it up, um, back to the last episode, Boba's like reaction to seeing the Empire coming back. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool how it was framed because the ships that originally come down are first order ships. And you can tell that they're keeping this continuity because Boba doesn't think Empire until he actually leaves and sees Moff Gideon's ship. Like, he doesn't immediately think Empire when he just sees the ships or the stormtroopers. Well, I think maybe I think maybe it's a matter of scale. He thought it was just like... He saw a like some of, random... Uh, random stormtrooper okay. troops. So he's like, oh, maybe these are just like, uh, you know, holdouts. But then he saw like the big cruiser. So he's like, oh, shit, this isn't just yeah. some yeah. some couple stragglers. Mm-hmm. This is a big deal. This Empire. is like Empire, yeah. Well, well so, it's, it's interesting because actually how Boba and Fennec framed that Grogu just had like a bounty. So in a way, they probably knew about Grogu if, if they're still keeping with like, oh, bounty yeah. hunter. Yeah. Like, it seemed like he actually is still in the like, bounty hunter network. Yeah, in the know. In the yeah. know. Probably yeah. has a yeah. lifetime subscription at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Even more That's than true. Din, apparently. Din at this point doesn't know what to- Oh, he's younger. He's just yeah. got his uh, entry yeah. level. Yeah. So he has the, it's the clean slate of an armor yeah. versus the rugged tier yeah. put together with scraps of. I I I love I, I love the whole suit on the episode yeah. for Boba. How? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you said that like you have the knee cap with like the yeah the shooting mm-hmm. and, and and Matt like. Boba's armor is like super custom made. It's like mm-hmm. it just fits for him, and you know mm-hmm. that's why I know how to use this. Like even even if I fail, I still aim correctly. Win. Yeah, I still no, I, when I, <laughs> even and when on I, that even note, when I fail, I win. Eh. Oh yeah, and on that note, I think what your guys' answers is going to be, but I have to ask it. Did you think the armor looked better the way Django Fett had it decorated, or the way that Boba had it? Boba Fett. It, I, I always thought that it looked weird yeah. on Django. Right? Like, like Boba. I don't know why, even though, like, I've done side effects. Like, I've obviously I have a lot of time on my hands, but I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've done side by side comparisons of like the mm-hmm. Django armor and the Boba armor. And like, mm-hmm. technically, they're almost exactly identical, but like, there's just something. It is the same armor. But there's a, it's yeah, like the it, coloring missing, in it. It's, and It's missing some pieces, but overall, it's the same. Yeah. Uh, like I can't put my finger on it, but like it's just just 
feels up. Uh, well, you, you, you're 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 comparing you're comparing a stock model versus the customized, evolved like version of like the arm. So, although it was interesting that when I saw a picture of Django's armor, it reminded me of Din's armor because it only I think it only has very minimal. Yeah, it has like blue, yeah. I think, like and then the rest is just silver. And then obviously the recognizable antenna yeah. on the helmet. Yeah. But I remember <laughs> the first time that you saw it in Attack of the Clones, and I thought it's, yeah, it's very recognizable. It, that has to be Boba's armor, but the, it, it was jarring the coloring on it, and, and the, the, that's not as weathered, I think. And yeah, obviously, yeah, obviously then you, you remember what it looks like in the original trilogy and now how they did the armor again in The Mandalorian. It, mm. it just looks perfect because it's just like, you know that armor has Wizard. seen some shit. So and there's... L literally. <laughs> yeah. It's probably, yeah. 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 It probably came out the other side of the starlight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or according to your theory, Mo, out of the starlight and then out of the crate Dragon. Yeah, yeah so... Didn't you say the crate dragon ate the sarlacc? <laughs> I thought that was yeah, you. No, 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 no. No, that was no. That's what? Yeah, but 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 then you kind of changed the story. And I yeah, I like think Mo did the, the whole. He had to get rid of the armor to yeah. leave the sarlacc pit. Get, get, like get rid I, of the armor. The, no, no, that was yeah. goose. That was goose. Oh, okay. We're switching theories here. We're then. switching. You, 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 you yes. This, we just this, talk this, too much. This. We just talk too much, in general. That's what, That's what happens. People are here for us, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, Bob was a badass. Well, Bob, Bob, not, not, I, I, I will finally, I will finally jump the bandwagon. Bob, yep. uh, mm -hmm. And now you can see him. Yes. Not only was he added all these, like death to the character, but considering that the last time we had saw him, like chronologically, was him falling into the Sarlacc pit. This time was, his fighting was just. Vicious. No, good. I mean, everything. And as soon as he put the armor on, it was like his instincts got heightened. And you mm. can see him just, you know, barely not even looking, like hearing a sound and like shooting. And there was just something amazing about uh, how the character grew and what he symbolizes now, I think, for, mm. you know, everybody that wasn't a huge Boba Fett fan. And I hope for the people that already were a huge one, I think, I hope that they see this as a great addition instead of kind of Taking as a negative because yeah. he is such a complete character now and an interesting one so some people to your point about the previous yep. fans some people are seeing this whole episode they're saying that it looks like it was a fan fan film and that they actually destroyed boba fett's character nope. it's like they made him too i'm like oh my god it's like there's no it's like are you people never going to be satisfied with anything it's like they nope. finally put boba fett on screen for more than two minutes doing something actually productive having more than four and lines you, and you and you do, and you just don't accept it so it's like yep. nothing will make you just change fandoms just just go away <laughs> maybe 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 they're they actually should have gone to star trek maybe they accidentally yeah. gone to star wars and it was not their thing and, you know just it, because you know sunken sunken cost fallacy it's like i already i'm already invested so i'm already invested so yeah. might as well just keep at it yeah but I, 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 but that's the beauty, you know, like new stories change our minds. I, like mm -hmm. it changed Nani's mind as well. Like, mm -hmm. I, or it seems 
Sorry. Yes, it did. It definitely changed my mind about uh, I joined the bandwagon too now. Okay. I mean, I still think Cat Bane is the best bounty hunter, but I am a big fan of that's, that's Boba Fett too. So that's a that's a good what, what, good point. And then we start oh, wrapping I, I, up. I, I, I think. Yeah, yes. I think. It's I, 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 I was gonna I was gonna ask. Do, mm-hmm. do do any of you have like, I guess like any fan or hopeful of how Boba will get treated in the future? Or how will you like that to be? Well, I think we can assume that he will be around at least for the next episode. Yeah. Um, oh, for the end of the season. I think. Or for the end of the season. I, I do like this treatment of him as like this mentor character now. So mm-hmm. I would like to see that more developed. Yeah. I kind of, I mean, if they kill him, I'm going to cry like a lot. Like I know it, but I think it would add a lot to, That's you know, scary. his character too. Like this is like the end of his journey. And then he actually ends, you know, either protecting Grogu or protecting Mando or something like that. Just something selfless would just bring his entire character arc to just this beautiful conclusion yeah. that, yeah. so I think who's disagreeing with me. Yes, yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah. Yep. What she yep. said. What she said. <laughs> So that's all, why all of, all of it, <laughs> all, all of that. That's that's exactly that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so if they do some treatment like that, I would be really excited, and it. I think it would elevate this character now in my mind to like legendary proportions if they yeah. really treat him this way. So. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't think I have anything more to add to that, just because I feel that they've done more enough to the character at this point that I mm-hmm. feel everything else that could be done to him would be either redundant or just bordering on like just going into a fan service territory or just yeah. like, you know okay well you guys like boba so let's just keep doing the same boba fett thing all over again so i mm-hmm. feel that the uh, story and, I, and it's not to say that i feel that all the characters have to you know fight the bullet heroically at some point that's not what i'm saying at all mm-hmm. i think for his character that arc just mm-hmm. makes sense both mm-hmm. for who he is who he has been and what he can be for Din Djarin. so that's okay. the only thing to add to what was already very brilliantly said by Nana <laughs> yes absolutely I have some words too yes, yes. Both of, us have well, words of course <laughs> Nani, you have amazing and beautiful words I'm kidding <laughs> okay so what did you think Mo what you asked the question so uh I th- well, I guess my headcanon is already like set on this idea, especially adding the fact that it was a very jarring distinction of Grogu was at peace. So it's it almost seems that it could be that Jing Jang of like the evolution of Din using violence for the greater good, and then Grogu using the force without a lightsaber because clearly that's what Moff Gideon already hinted. You, you're too young to feel this, mm-hmm. but Mace Windu will train Grogu to be away for 30 minutes and beat the shit out of Moff Gideon and whoever comes around. <laughs> was, I guess we'll see. I and we'll, we'll have, have a discussion. If he shows up, this is going to turn, I think, into a if he shows up, I'll just shut up and accept yeah. it and uh, yeah, and deal with it and, and be okay with yeah. it. What's canon is canon, and we have yeah. to deal. 
and you heard it here first. So and you heard subscribe. it. Try out the floor is exclusive. Try it like try it out the floor is exclusive. Forget this is it. Where is that? <laughs> so uh, comment as well. Don't forget to look into the whole Arecibo radio telescope petition. Yes. So you know, and and even if you don't sign it, just look. You know, learn about it. It's it's something or really interesting it. and share it. Uh, there, there might be uh, a boba, maybe inspired shirt on our T Public. Yeah, if you want to look for merch. Nope. Too. Not, not, not yet. No. Not yet. <laughs> but, but there's keep, other keep, ones. Keep, there's keep, other great keep, ones. Keep 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 a, keep a lookout. It keep might a lookout. But mm -hmm. if you don't want to wait, there's some other really cool ones you can yes. start, you know, getting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, wait, so, to that one guy, to that one guy oh, about the John but, Williams t-shirt. I don't know who you are. Thank you. <laughs> or, or, or girl or whoever. Or, yeah. or whoever, yeah. Or whoever. Person. For that. Person. Yeah. Person who bought it. Thank mm -hmm. you. Yes. So on that note, I think we can agree that we are now three Boba Fett fans. Bigger fan. I'm not on, I'm not on the bus, yeah. but, I, but I, yeah. I appreciate it. But bigger yeah. fans. I, yes. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. We... We appreciate the fine aging of Boba. <laughs> I don't hate anymore. I appreciate. I appreciate. Okay. So on that note, I think we should be signing off. Good night. May the force be May with the you. Force, yes.